Hello and welcome to the Morningscape Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell to walk through the Tuesday, April 27th NHL Daily Fantasy Slate. Um, DJ, I mean, we know how we're creeping into the year and how this means there's, what, less than two weeks left. But uh, how are you doing? How was your weekend? Um, you know, how, how's the life of DJ going? Yeah, I, I'd say pretty good. Um, I I don't, you know, it is really weird because we were talking before the podcast. I'm like, yeah, we got a few weeks left. How many we got? And it's like literally two of like good slates. And then there's just going to be like a couple teams left kind of playing a couple games, that, you know, to try to catch up. And it's going to be weird, but I, I, you know, I, I feel like we got to, we got to use this time to our advantage. And I know I love playoff DFS more than anything else. And I think we'll, probably come in with a couple more podcasts than 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 normal with that so yeah i mean it, it's so exciting other than that you know the weather is getting nicer like you know it, it's it's kind of that time though when i'm kind of excited for the season to be getting near the end it's one of the best parts about you know following the hockey for you know in normal times is that by june it's just about finished up and we can go enjoy our summer this year would be a little different but you know with the weather getting nicer i just feel happier in general so i'm, I'm ready to tackle the six or seven more slates we got here um how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, I mean, just a public service announcement. I got my second vaccine on Saturday and uh, I'm doing great, all things considered. I mean, I was yeah. a little sore for like, you know, like the first shot and then I didn't even have any other side effects. So that was pretty cool. Um, Alpha and yeah. Moods. yeah, I mean, Alpha. Your, your, uh, your public service announcement to get vaccinated when you can. Uh, obviously, those of you who are waiting and want to, of course, I'm thinking of you and hope that you can uh, get yours soon because I'm looking forward to having sort of a, uh, you know, reinvigorated life outdoors, let's call it. Because I just want to go to concerts. Been... I know you know that, Matt, but like I am I am dying. Oh, yeah. Like it hurts. Oh, yeah. Like I don't care. Like like I've said to anyone, like you could put battery acid in my arm. Just like get me to a concert. Like I don't care anymore. Um, I got my first concert May 8th. So really excited. It's a drive in. It'll be fun. I got premiums driving seats. So noise, noise. I can tailgate um, and then drink all day and then I'm not driving home. Someone else's. So it's gonna be great. Oh, uh, hell yeah. Um, I mean, so the other sort of, you know, uh, announcement that we should make is the, uh, the best friend of the podcast, uh, Sam Reinhardt tied for 13th in league scoring, you know, just, uh, just throwing that out there, you know, like the, the, I don't even know, we don't go I'm game by game on this show. It. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, complain about that when we go through the positioning because he's like 6K on DraftKings and it's like <sighs> kind of feel like I missed the boat there. But, um, you know, people were, you know, former league MVP, Leon Dreisaitl, like, you know, turns out he's not leading the league in goal scoring when he's not playing with freaking Connor McDavid. Like, who knew? Uh, Sam Reinhardt doesn't even get to play with Jack Eichel and he's just out here crushing. So, um, you know, all the people who are like, oh, the Sabres would be so much better if we had Dreisaitl, like, grow up like grow up people all right you are the the number one beater of the reinhardt drum and like the fact that we haven't been in on him with the hat trick over the weekend and all that stuff i mean did you watch the game first we got it the boston game i mean come on yeah i did um it, it was just gutting i mean of course i was happy but like i played the boston first line <laughs> and they were down like five to one and then it was like, all right, it's Boston time, baby. Like at the pasta party, you know, we're just bringing all the sauces. No, like it was, it was they freaking trolls. It's whatever. Jake DeBrusque, Taylor Hall, like all the other lines basically chipped away at it. 
and then some other what was it Reinhardt well, getting the empty netter too yes, for the hat trick? The best was wrist line and shipping in for Boston, literally. <laughs> yes, yes. Um I was at I a mean, bar watching that game and just like was, and like the only one that cared about it. And I was like, oh my God. And like people just looked at me like, what the heck is this kid doing? No one was watching. I was like, uh nothing. Yeah, he was he was chipping better than Victor Hovland. Um because Victor Hovland sucks at chipping because, you know, PGA fantasy tilt. Um, anyway, that, that was how my weekend was. That was Friday. And then Saturday was just as tilting. I had Daniel Sprong go for two goals and it just frankly didn't matter. Like I had him, you know, in all my lineups, he was like 1%, 2% owned on the slate. Just doesn't matter. Um, you know, Ovi's replacement, we'll, we'll talk about him a little bit, but, um, so that was Saturday. And then Sunday was just a barrage of, you know, just, I mean, I lost by one point in within minutes, like literally the game ended for the, the Penguins and the PGA slate ended. And I missed out on like a $600 ticket by one hole where my golfer had a two stroke lead, basically. I mean, when you count DK scoring, it's a little different, but basically they double bogeyed the very last hole, which is a par five, which is almost impossible to do because they hit a water ball, whatever, just stupid shit. And then Victor Hovland like chips uh, to one foot for par on the very last hole when like they had, they were drawing dead for a par basically, which all that guy needed. Um, so I lost that and I lost by a one shot on goal for the, uh, the Penguins game. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, um, so Monday, we'll see if it's my day. Plot twist, probably not. Tuesday, here we go. We're right back at it. Um, you know, feeling good about this slate. We've got eight games ahead of us. Um, a lot of interesting price points to say the least, a lot of good value plays to sort of fit in, um, the upper end of this slate. So, uh, DJ, uh, do you want to take it away? Yep, I, I do. Um, we have Buffalo against the Rangers, a rematch from Sunday night. Well, I guess it was like a six o'clock game, um, where we saw Zabinajad go nuclear and the Sabres not able to catch the Rangers who won like what six to three. We have Boston at Pittsburgh, a rematch from Sunday night, which ended one to nothing, if I recall correctly. Oh, yeah. Yes, it, it did. did. Pittsburgh won one to nothing. Mm-hmm. We have Detroit at Columbus, which is not a rematch um, from recent because Columbus just beat Tampa and then took them to overtime, where immediately they lost by Victor Heaven's goal. Detroit without Larkin, I believe, still correct? Uh, yeah, I think. I think Larkin was done for the year. The year, yeah. Um, yeah. Detroit coming off of the infamous 50 save loss um, to Dallas. Quite impressive to had, do that. It was it, the, the shot totals, if you weren't following along at home, 52 shots for Dallas, 17 by Detroit, and Detroit loses 2-1 to one in overtime. Jonathan Bernier earning himself a new contract next year, probably with a better team. We have the Islanders. At the Capitals, a rematch from Sunday night, as Matt alluded to. It was Sprong's big game. Um, was it Sunday? Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Rematch yeah, from Saturday. Saturday. Yep. Um, we have the Flyers at the New Jersey Devils, which, yep, there's a rematch from Sunday. The Flyers I, – I, like, I left um, to drive back to my apartment, and the Flyers were down 2 nothing with two minutes to go, and I literally was like, ah, Sabres are down three points from last. Cool. And then Giroud decided to score twice, and then the uh, Flyers won out in a shootout. So a rematch um, from the Flyers' uh, heroic comeback on Sunday. Tampa Bay at Chicago, a new game, a fun game. A lot of people have probably been on Tampa. 
Florida at Nashville, a rematch from Monday night, and Carolina at Dallas, a rematch from Monday night. So two back-to-backs to close out the slate. The, le- the first game's at 7. The last game starts at 8.30 Eastern time. Anything you want to say off the start before we get into the center? Um, you know, we alluded to some of the pricing, and I just wanted to mention right off the bat that Barry Boulay is going to be obnoxiously owned. Um, he is 2,700 and yeah, it's just like ridiculously high ownership for him. Uh, it's not even the matchup, you know, against Chicago, of course, you're going to jam that, but he's 26 or 2,700 playing on the top line in Tampa. Like just, just, I mean, come on, um, DraftKings completely dropped the ball there. Um, it doesn't help that he's coming off of a 20 point explosion game. Like, I mean, but even before that, so. I mean, look at his game logs and the guy hadn't even cracked six points in his first seven NHL games or whatever. Um, and he was still 40% owned, 50% owned in high stake stuff on a three game slate. Now that he's had that explosion game, like, of course, it's a bigger slate, but he's going to be by far the highest owned player. And I just don't think there's a way around that. Um, so you know, use that to your advantage. Maybe if you're thinking um, of jamming in these upper tier studs, I certainly won't blame you. Um, but there's also a good amount of leverage for you, you know, mass multi-entry, larger uh, entries type people in going more mid-tier. There, there's a lot of other value plays to consider. There's a lot of mid-tier value to keep in mind, um, particularly one spot that I have in mind there is Dallas and Carolina. Um, and that's just sort of like my, you know, initial thoughts looking at this slate. It's kind of, um, it's kind of interesting from that regards. Like we don't typically see this late in the year, such bad pricing. Um, but for whatever reason, you know, we've got it here. So, um, starting at the top of the center position, we have Barkov taking on Nashville. We have Sid at home against Boston, um, Sabinejad, Bergeron, Couturier, all of 7k or more. Uh, Katri, I guess, is a step down from the top four. But looking at this upper tier, DJ, is there anyone who you think sort of warrants the uh, the leadoff, uh, so to speak? I mean, I, I there's really not one guy here that I think is inherently not a good play. Um, I do think that just the fact that there's going to be a, a good amount of concentrated ownership on some of these cheaper wingers that there might inherently be a little bit of concentration at upper tier center, because it does feel like a couple of these plays might be a bit above the rest. Um, I definitely will probably talk myself into some Barkov just because of how good he is. And I think it's super affordable on this slate because of values you've already mentioned, but even more, um, I don't know how much Crosby I'm going to dabble into. I just don't really love the matchup against Boston. I don't think it's going to be a super high scoring game again, kind of like the under there. And I just, I think both teams are playing a decently boring style of hockey right now. Um, Zabinajad is is probably second, coming in second place. He has been actually very good, uh, regardless of that hat trick game. Um, seven shots on goal and a hat trick, obviously. That's just the classic because Zabinajad once uh, every couple of weeks he's going to just mm-hmm. I guess do that and dud a couple of nights in a row for you after that. But um, I do think that this matchup against Buffalo is, is really ripe for the picking. Um, the other part of that is, you know, even though on five on five, they didn't play a million minutes. Um, it was Busnevich and Lafreniere. Lafreniere did seemingly get a crack at the first power play. We have no confirmation if that's going to stick. Kreider came off of it for a short stint. And, and that could be because, you know, he's on the third line. Maybe they drew the penalty and, and he was out there a little bit. So there's nothing to confirm that. But Lafreniere did get a look. So, you know, I'm kind of hopeful. And, and you know, the Rangers, there's so many beat reporters that maybe we find some confirmation. But 
there could be a bit of value around him. Um, other than that, though, neither of those line mates were on his power play, uh, which definitely hurts kind of the stacking upside of that. Yeah. So that's it's, it's like I'm not finding the perfect play here. Um, I think Barkov is just a bit above the rest. And then Kateriye, I do think I'll have some time for the Flyers. Um, and he played with Giroux and Voracek, and, and that Giroux – um, well, Drew kind of, you know, I'm not sure if he broke the slate entirely, but probably pretty close with those two heroic goals at the end there. So I, I just think that the Flyers are still concentrating their minutes to the top guys. So yeah, I will, they are. And yeah. that's sort of where I was thinking of that. Just, I mean, almost to rule out Patrice Bergeron. Um, it's yeah. real tough to do that. But on the road at Pittsburgh, he's eating the teeth of the Sid matchup like they're just there's just no price discount to account for just how low these minutes are um so i don't know i don't feel comfortable stacking that first line at all um and yeah i mean i just feel like the you know that the fact that barry boule is going to be so imminently popular um i just think that some of these higher end stacks will be overowned relative to what they usually are um because of it and frankly, I'd rather play every single one of the guys up here rather than Bergeron uh, because of the minutes. And so that's sort of why I'm able to rule that out. Um, I think I'm leaning Barkov, just like, you know, uh, the absolute top tier. Barkov has really taken his game up another level, if you can believe it or not. Um, he's really, um, you know, controlling the shots on the power play. Um, one thing that was, I mean, absolutely awesome. Shout out to NHL Wookie in our Discord. Um I mean, DJ, I don't even know if you've seen this yet, but he paid, or he posted the top power play unit um, shot mm-hmm. shares for every team. And basically, like, I mean, it's an awesome visual. I highly recommend if you like it to check out the Discord. And then I know Wookie also has his own stuff too. So, um, you know, join the Discord, ask him about that because it's, it, it's very, very insightful. But Alex Barkov has been taking a, a very... Uh, not, I mean, not sizable, but like a much better percentage of the shots uh, recently than he has been, um, you know, earlier this year. So Barkov getting his fair share of shots on the power play. And I'll reference that tool a couple of times. Actually, it wasn't Barkov who had the insane high number um, that I was thinking of. But in any case, I mean, it was actually Tolman on the other side of that game um, who's been taking a ton of their power play shots. But um, I, I retweeted it on the morning skate pod account right now. Oh, I did see it. Sick. I favorited okay. I favorited it on my own account, but I, I'll just throw it to retweet on MS. Yeah, no. Awesome. Um, that's right. He posted it on Twitter too. So yep. be sure to check that out. Um, but anyway, he's just playing a ton of minutes. He's so freaking good. You can stack him pretty cheaply. Um, we lost Gusev on that top line, but still have Frank Vitrano. You don't feel like five and five, but there's also Keith Yandel for the power play exposure. There's uh, Sam Bennett for power play. I mean, Sam Bennett just keeps on going. He's a real cheap center too. So uh, Barkov is just an elite upper end play, but all of these guys, frankly, are you know good plays. So let's let's uh let's go down the list a little bit. You covered some cliff notes from the rest of the guys up top. Um, I'm really looking hard at this Carolina Dallas game. You know, I didn't trust the expected goals on Monday night, and what do you know? The game is you know it was five to three halfway or five. Jesus, it was there's five goals halfway through the second. I don't think the game has kept up that pace yet. Three to two in the in the third, but. Um, you know, there's, there's been a lot of shots on goal. I think this is ripe for a spot, um, you know, where both sides will get theirs and not necessarily at center, but at wing, there's just so much value. And I think any of these high end centers are great plays. Um, so, you know, obviously Aho playing with Svechikov, um, and then Trocek playing with Nechas and Nino. And then of course, check in on Rupe Hints, given it's a back to back, 
but he will be with Pavelski and Robertson, who are both very good plays in their own right. So, DJ, anyone else here, like in the mid-range or center, that uh, you might find yourself playing? Um, Rupert, uh, no, uh, Braden Point. That was Braden the other Point. one. Yeah. Braden Point. You already said it. Yeah. I mean, are you going to talk yourself into Reinhardt at 6K? Like, is it the, the worst idea in the world? I mean, I... I See, I'm 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 strong here because like, yes, he was 4,400 like whatever freaking week ago, and now he's 6K, and it's just like the classic, just don't chase it. And I don't think I will. Um, but the other thing to consider is that if Victor Olofsson is scoring goals like he did last game, um, I mean Olofsson's a guy that actually does have the finishing ability to go on runs like this. Like I frankly I don't believe Sam Reinhardt is like a lethal sniper or anything like that. Um, he's just sure you're wrong. Like he, he, don't get me wrong. He's a wonderful player, but like Olafson is. You saw his goal, right? Yeah, bar bar. Darlene, Darlene just like, like I'm gonna go all the way down the ice and just feed over to yeah, just oh, yeah. God, it was everything yes. I've wanted the Sabers to do for the first like two months of the year, and yeah, and like, so I mean, here's the thing: you look at a guy like Olafson, who is legitimately a good scorer. He's 4,400. Jeff Skinner, if he's going, I mean, he's got at least three shots in his last four games, like. Uh, we're talking a really cheap one. They had out there at uh, six on four when they got the pulled goalie at the end of the game with the power play. Yeah, it was Dali and Yoki Haru and first line and Cousins, right? Or middle staff. Um, no, well, it, no, they, they had a power play. So they had the full first unit with. Skinner. Okay. Oh, okay. I, I might've been thinking, I think uh, I was thinking of before they drew the penalty. Um, Cause yeah, Yoki Haru was out there with the empty net. And I was like, Huh, uh, file that one away. But anyway, what I'm saying is, yeah, Reinhardt's a bit expensive, but the team around him is still dirt cheap. So um, I don't hate the stack at all. But like as a player, it's like, I don't know if I'll do that. Um, yeah. yeah, I think getting a bit cheaper, like Jack Hughes is also very much in play. Like the Flyers still give stink. up a lot of goals. And <laughs> and Jack Hughes is in his, what, last like, seven games now, his shot prop of over two and a half, and by a lot, like a four, 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 shots, four yeah. five, six, um, in his past however many games, that was like six. Um, so, yeah, Jack Hughes, yeah. I think, is just like a really, really good spot here against the Flyers. Um, they priced up the Devils a little bit, like Sharangovic uh, or Sharangovich, Sharangovich is 5K now. Um, he's not the first power play, so that doesn't mm-hmm. help. They could change it, I guess, but you could just, you know, Hughes. They actually had Butcher on the first unit. Um, yep, with no Smith and no Subban, that'll be the case probably so, until those. You know, thirty-five hundred for Butcher. I think you could do worse. His, you know, shot ability is is here or there, but I don't think he's allergic to shooting. He's just not your highest floor guy in the world. But thirty-nine hundred isn't egregious. Um, I guess the Flyers, you know, thinking if Hughes goes for two goals, like he gets assists on two of them, and you really have a nice little stack there. Um, so I like that. Or you just, um, who, well, I mean, God, how much is he this year? I'm guessing. He's I mean, pretty expensive. expensive. Yeah. 57. Oh, stupid. <laughs> Very. Stupid. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the weird thing about New Jersey for me is that they've really toned down the pace. Um, it, it's, you know, it's strange because like, yeah, they, they gave up that mega comeback. I'm pretty sure, you know, they're just getting victory laps by, you know, the number of teams they play against, but there's actually not a ton of expected goals like against or for, um, you know, which is funny for a team that's given up four goals in their last, uh, in nine of their last 10 and at least three in all of those. 
So maybe the expected goals just frankly don't matter, but a lot of it's coming, you know, power play. And then at five on five, it's just like, all right, Jack Hughes, you're going to go shoot the puck a bit. And Miles Woods is going to try and bang home rebounds. And that's your entire offense. Um, so I don't know how cute I want to get with New Jersey. I don't know how much I want to stack them either. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I, I get it. I like Hughes as a one-off play for sure and think that he certainly warrants his price tag at the moment. Um, I'll probably run back in a few lineups like Kuznetsov and Sprong. Um, you know, nothing too concrete there, particularly because, you know, because they were protecting a lead, like the Sprong and Kuznetsov line just didn't really play much. Um, which is fine, you know, like it, it happens. Um, but we also didn't see Sprung hop onto the top power play. So that's sort of like the, yeah, I probably caught lightning in a bottle and I'll back away. But Kuznetsov is 5,100 playing on the top power play. And we know that with Noah Vechkin, you know, uh, there's going to be shots to go around on that top power play. And I don't think Tom Wilson, who was like the replacement for Ovi, is going to be, you know, such a vacuum of shots. Um, so I do think Kuznetsov, you know, Wilson, Strong makes for a nice, cheap line stack. You're chasing points a little bit, but frankly, people are not going to be going there because you can basically fit in point Palat, Bari Boulay for like the, pretty close to the same price. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's one guy who I think makes sense. Anyone cheap, you know, we, we obviously have a lot of value at wing, but any value at center um, that you, you're liking? I mean, I, I do think that there's a lot of potential for me to fit in a Columbus stack and their lines were a lot, a good bit different against Tampa. You know, they lost four to three in overtime. I, you know, I don't know if they're going to throw them in a blender. Um, you know, Bjorkstrand with, with Domi and Robinson, Robinson had two goals. Robinson played on neither power play. Domi played on the second unit. So kind of sucks for the stacking upside of a line that I, I think is going to get some good run. Um, but, you know, you could look down the line at uh, Texier or Roslovich, mm-hmm. Roslovich with Mine. Um, correlates in the power play. Uh, Atkinson, unfortunately, not with either of his linemates on the power play, but yep. um, he might not be worth it at his price, anyways. So, you know, just trying to like fit that together with Seth Jones, I think, is worthwhile against a Detroit team that's just, you know, gave up 50 plus shots. Uh, I know Dallas is you know, probably marginally to a decent bit better than Columbus, at least at this point, but Columbus held their own against Tampa. I think that they're, you know, a lot of guys fighting for you know, something at the end of the year, trying to put themselves in a position in the off season or get a pay raise or whatever. So it's not like they're dead. Um, and they're at home against the Detroit team without Larkin and yeah. others. So, you know, I, I talk myself into a lot of different variations here. Um, I think Roslovich line a makes a lot of sense as, as far as how that works. You never know what they're going to do. Like, could they change the lines up? Sure. So let's just keep an eye on it and see what they end up doing. I don't. I didn't see any line changes today. Do you look at all? We 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 didn't hear anything about that. I didn't, I didn't um, think so. Um, so. So just keep an eye out for it. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, so one thing to note from that game, you know, Columbus Detroit is that these teams have met up five times, and Columbus has gotten clowned like every time. Like I, I, they might have a win in there, but their expected goals numbers in those games are dreadful. Um, like. I mean, yeah, we know that Detroit's not great defensively, but they've actually been okay this year defensively. Like their numbers are, you know, bottom fifth, you know, they're, bo- they're bottom half of the league, but they're not like the dead worst. And Columbus has soared lower. Like they've just, you know, they, they've reinvented new low numbers um, for, for their expected goals in those games. And it's not been pretty. I 
distinctly recall like a game or a set of games where Columbus was in the mix for the playoffs. Like, remember that? Remember when they were holding a playoff spot um, and they got oh. swept by Detroit, like back-to-back games, and it was just awful. So I really don't think I can go back to this Columbus well if they get any sort of buzz. And frankly, I don't really want to chase Detroit either because you know exactly who the players are on Detroit and people will continue to chase this Jacob Rana game for a while. Uh, He was kind of owned last time out, which is insane for a guy who, you know, is playing for the Detroit Red Wings. Um, And even though it's a great matchup, I just don't think I can go there. I don't trust anyone really on either of these two teams. So um, finally off Detroit, you're saying, (laughs) I wasn't on them when Verona scored like eight goals. So I'm certainly not on them again here. Um, A couple of other cheap centers that probably will be much more obvious than the ones you pointed out, which admittedly are, you know, fairly solid GPP stabs. If you like that kind of thing, Um, you know, the middle stat cousins thing, like middle stats way up in price. Now I don't think he's like a great value per se, Um, but Dylan cousins is playing the same minutes now and he's, uh, putting up much better floor numbers than Middlestat does without the sort of goal scoring upside that Middlestat's flash. So pick your poison there. But both of those guys, you're not finding much uh, cheaper power play one exposure. And then Sam Bennett, 3,700 is probably a lock in cash games. Um, you know, he, he did it again. He scored on, he scored on Monday night. I would not expect this game to, you know, have any sort of like really low total or anything like that. Hell, even, you know, Pecorino is going to be in that more than likely. And that's probably a bump to Sam Bennett. So he's just really, uh, he's parachuted into a great role and take advantage of it while he's this cheap on Sam Bennett. So um, let's, let's move, move out of here. I don't think there's much more to talk about at center. So at the top of wing, uh, we don't have like clarity on Ovechkin. My sense, based on what the uh, what the coach was saying, is that he will be out for at least like another week or so. Um, basically, he was like, yeah, Ovi will be good for the playoffs. We're not entirely positive, but I'm pretty sure of that. Um, and I don't think you would say that just to address him and, you know, what is basically a seeding game uh, here on Tuesday. So I think Ovi's out, and that's what I'm operating this based on. So at the top of Panarin, Pasternak, Patty Kane, Brad Marchand, anyone there sort of stand out to you as like the top wing on the slate? I think it's Panarin and like, I don't know, like I like it okay. Like I, I think that Panarin will like fit into a, a threshold of player that I'm considering for sure. But I'm not fully in love with the play at 8,500. Like I think you could find someone a bit cheaper that's in an equally, if not better spot. Um, I don't have a lot of interest in, in trying to get Boston one. Um, I think that, you know, as far as eight game slates are concerned, you might be getting Boston one at like a, a lower percentage than maybe many eight game slates you ever would have seen because they're wicked expensive and like conceivably a bad matchup. I don't think I'm going to try to force it myself. And, you know, Kane at 8,100, again, I think it's worthwhile potentially because he has slate breaking ability, but I'm not super strong on it. Like, I don't think I'm going to have a single winger in the upper tier. Like, I think I'm just going to be getting guys, honestly, like, cheaper than six game below. Like I'm really thinking that, that you can get so much value at wing that I'm not going to be forcing in anyone expensive. Um, this, I kind of like the idea of, of getting more expensive defensemen on this slate, uh, maybe a, one of the upper tier centers and punting one of the wing spots and then having like two of the mid, more mid tier guys that correlate. And, you know, 
that's how I'm attacking this slate, but Panarin will certainly be, if you make enough lineups, should be in there in some capacity, I think for sure. Uh, Busnevich at 7K, like, come on, he's not even playing on the top power play. Uh, only had like 13, 14 minutes. Like, if you don't play him with Zabinijad, you basically have just cut your chances of winning a GPP in a, you know, in, into shreds. So, um, like, I, like, there's no way. Like, yeah. if, if Busnevich is in the winning GPP lineup without Zabinijad, I will never podcast again. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I I definitely agree. I don't want to go as far as to say that because, you know, we've seen some pretty wacky shit this year. Um, but, yeah, definitely agree with you at the top of the position. Um I just, I don't, I'd, I'd rather spend it defense. And of course I'd rather spend it at center, I think. So I'm just going to go, you know, get, get to some of these value type guys. Um, you know, the Pittsburgh first line, I think is my favorite spend on the slate, not because I love it, but because I frankly don't have a ton of places I want to throw my money at. Um, I, I think that, you know, maybe you consider Panarin, Strom and Blackwell, like a, you know, a luxury spend, um, particularly if you stack the power play, like, um, or if something weird happens with the Rangers lines, because um, Blackwell is currently questionable, but he didn't, you know, I think he came back into the game on Sunday even. So like, you know, no reason really to expect him to miss on Tuesday, but like, that's really what I'm thinking. And so the Pittsburgh top line is just really tightly correlated. Um, we know that if this game goes for seven, eight goals, that Pittsburgh's almost certainly going to be involved. Um, and I don't think the ownership will reflect that, especially, you know, uh, if honestly, I don't even know how many fucking people who play daily fantasy hockey or hockey fans like watch hockey. But if you watch that one nothing game on Sunday on national television, like on huh. NBC, you were probably like, yeah, neither of these teams are ever going to score a goal ever again. Like it was just, you know, it was just one of those games where it was like, yeah, you knew this was ending one nothing. Um, and I think that'll maybe artificially depress ownership slightly. Um, but let's be real, yeah. people just sort of jam optos and whatever else. And even in that case, I think they'll be under owned uh, as well. So that's where I'm thinking at the top. As far as these value guys, so DJ, I'll give you first dibs, like 6K range below. Um, what are you thinking? God, you know, I, I think that the first guys that are going to kind of come up for me is like some of this Philadelphia, um, just because I think you can go a lot of different directions here. Um I think the obvious is just taking Katerier with Giroux. Um, they're correlated on the power play. It just kind of makes sense. Their power play was a bit of a mess in that game. They, they definitely changed it up, it seems like, or just they, like got caught at bad times and and whatever. But um, I think that Katerier-Giroux is just definitely going to make the crack into my lineup. Um, I think Bjorkstrand is, is a really, really strong play. Um, just been shooting a lot more. He's not really found the goals as of late, but getting a lot of assists. And, you know, he puts one more puck in the net you know, and any of the last few slates here, the last four slates, you know, one of them, he had a well, last four times out. He had, he had one goal, um, four assists, you know, he puts one more puck in and in, in, in the almost 20 minutes he's getting with the shots he's taking and, you know, 5,500. He, I think he's a slam dunk. Um, Palat, I think is, is a guy that I'm going to consider in some lineups. Um, he has, you know, really surprisingly not been the rate shooter that we would have liked this year. He's been, you know, he had spurts of it. He showed it for a little while. Then he just dropped it to the face of the earth and you just hope he gets back to it. You know, two goals in two games. Um, he had the three point night, but only two shots on net in those two games. So, you know, you're kind of, you're playing the 14 and a half shooting percentage game with him, but I do think I'll have some Tampa one stacks because they've been really hot. And I just, I think that that, that makes sense. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of goodness in this range. Uh, anyone that I missed that you really like? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, the, this. I think Jason Robertson, I mentioned him already off the top. I think that this game in general just suits, you know, uh, very nicely for how um, just just how the slate looks. I think that this game offers a lot of pieces that you can play and also not feel obligated to use the Barre Boule sort of chalk value if you so insist. Um, I just, I mean, what do Marshall say? Jason Robertson's been playing amazing hockey and continues to do so. Um, and he is still 6,000. Like, I think that he's just, you know, pound for pound a great value. Um, on the Palat thing, you know, now that, like, I mean, yeah, his shots have not been there like all year, which has been upsetting. But when you look at some of the, you know, some of the grid, like once Barry Boule came into the lineup, uh, Barry Boule has taken 50% of the team's shots with uh, Palat in point on the ice. So basically like that's what their power play looks like. For whatever reason, they're just jamming in Barry Boule shots. Um, they're, <laughs> I honestly can't, explain it like you watch it and you sort of see it they do it does look like they're setting him up I don't know why um but I'm just gonna keep riding that and so that means it's tough because when you have a chalk value if Barry Boulay has a big game of course Palat's gonna be right there with him but uh, in terms of his you know one-on-one type value it's not really there right now so um I'm definitely torn on this but um, I think Palat's very much in play, but probably will be overowned relative to his, you know, chances yeah. to actually break the slate. So, um, a last name is Andrei Svechnikov at 5,400. He continues to put the puck on goal. Um, yeah, I know it's it's real upsetting. Maybe he can salvage in overtime here. Uh, can't remember the last time we've needed uh, Svechnikov to salvage in overtime, DJ. Um, feels uh, like we've never, we've never ever sweated that in our entire lives. Like it feels like every other week, <laughs> every single week, <laughs> every week. It's just like, all right, like you well, know, he's always just always in overtime. No, Dallas is always in overtime. That's cool. and yeah. So, oh um, my god, yeah, so I don't know. It, it's so it's like a good math play. Svechnikov and Aho have been amazing together. Like you know, there, there's not much more to say. Um, it's a very fair price. So. Uh, let's talk about some of these cheaper wings. Now we're getting below 5k. Um, Frankie V playing with Barkov had a six shot on goal game on Saturday night. Um, let me just take a quick peek. I know they're losing tonight, but, um, they they had really shown, I don't think anyone was really popping with too much. Yeah. Vitrano doesn't even have a shot on goal. Uh, Tippett has five because of course, Every fourth game, Tippett has five. Like, just kinda, <laughs> you could set your watch to it. Yeah. Um, so stupid. <laughs> all right. But so, you know, Fertrano admittedly thin. Um, a couple of names that I'm really liking here are Ely Tolvanen, 4,500. I think he's also been held off the board in this one. It's not a better day for, for myself personally. But then Olofsson and Pablo yeah. Zaka, 4,400, are just sort of the same mold of like uh, they're going to be set up on the power play and they've produced power play goals power play points in the past and i think that their prices are just kind of low for uh what pretty good line matchups a? it's line a going to be set up on the power play <laughs> i mean if he's not staples to the bench which you know like yeah i, I like playing there but like you're playing gpp you just risk it all and go line a hat trick night remember like line a would every like ninth game have a hat trick back in the day and now he's like Every zero game. Dude, I, re- I remember when Patrick Lanning used to hit three shots on goal. 
or score people. <laughs> he used to score goals. Remember that? Like I don't recall that. No. Like not even hat tricks. It's literally like, hey, um, he's just not scoring. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, yeah, this 4K range is really enticing. There's a lot of like very nice little options here. Um, one of them is going to be super right, and two of them are going to be your three of them might be really oh, yeah. wrong, but um, you never like like with like freaking. How about this one? How many shots on goal did Dallas have? 50, uh, 52? Uh-huh. How many did Gurionov have? Three. Zero. zero. <laughs> he had zero. He had zero. He was the, I think he was the only player with zero on Dallas. I, I, I'll i double check it. I, I, did, I actually didn't play. Um, I played a couple of showdowns on Saturday, and I was like, nah, I'm, I'm going to start. Or was that Friday? No, it was Saturday. That was Saturday. That was Saturday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'll play a couple of showdowns early, and then I'm probably going to have a couple beers, so I'm not going to get a toy around with this. Um, let's look. Was he the only player, Matt? That did not have a shot. Survey says that the D, the Dallas Stars, Gurionov was the only player that played any minutes that did not have a shot on goal. That is that's true. incredible. Uh, they also have seven defensemen, so like Gurionov's on yep. the ice forever. Uh-huh. Um, Some guy named Jay Hanley had a shot Joel, on goal. Yep, good, old, good old Joel, our, our good friend, Joel good friend of the podcast, Joel Hanley. Um, mostly because picture. okay. I mean, just we're going completely off the rails here. But mm, the reason I know Joel Hanley is because every freaking time I see his name in the Stars lineup, I think, oh, my God, it's Thomas Harley night. <laughs> oh, um, that makes sense. Know, they sort of have like a Boke Fist, Evan Bouchard type kid coming up through the system. And it's like, yeah, Thomas Harley's going to be here soon. He's going to be John Klingberg, whatever. Um, yeah. And yeah, like, you know, never happens, of course. Right. But anyway. last, we have to, the last one I had to say in, in nine minutes and 30 seconds, Mark Pesic had four shots on goal <laughs> and a goal. Gurionov <laughs> did All right, that that oh, is very okay. that is very funny. I had, to, I had to. I saw that. And I'm like, no way. Like, right. Okay. A couple other really cheap wings. So I do think like outstanding plays on Nino Niederreiter at 3900 or uh, 4K, playing with Nachos and Trocheck. Uh, we know the upside that that line has had earlier in the year. They're reunited. Um, and Nino is just, I mean, I think the shots will start to come back for him. Like I just, uh, <laughs> he's just way too cheap. I think for his role here, uh, miles Wood saw, I think power play one time last time out, but anyway, he has back to back shot, uh, on goal bonus and goal game. So like that's 20 points right there for 4k, like pretty, pretty good. Um, Jamie Ben overtime game winner, not Andre Svechnikov. So, um, mm. Yeah, my heart's broken. Um, yeah, those are the two two names I had at 4K to, to sort of wrap up my thoughts there. Um, so let's uh, let's talk about some pure punts. What are we doing with this Rangers situation? You know, we do have some speculation on like which Rangers will play where. We don't know for sure. Um, yeah. Again, Barry Boulay is going to be very chalky. So like, how are you sort of leveraging that situation? And you know, well, what's the best way to do it? I mean, like I, I already I mentioned you before the podcast, there is like this narrative of Capo uh, Capo Cap, has like five of his eight goals against the Sabres. So if you want to get crazy and just ride that narrative, you just jam him. Um, I'm just kidding. He's not a good play. But I think that Lafreniere, honestly, like especially if we get any indication that he's on the first power play, it's just as in play. Um, he's turned it up a bit as of late. I, I you know, I'm hoping – for that to continue obviously like he's a you know exciting young prospect and the shot numbers haven't been there the minutes haven't been there um but i do think if you know that they run true against the sabers and Zabinijad, you have Zabinijad, like you could definitely play lafreniere 
Um, but Bari Boule is probably the, my favorite for sure. Like it just makes by far in a way the most sense. There's so many ways to go though. I mean, even like, what's the, oh my God, I'm totally blanking. Um, hmm, nah, I think it's Bar, Bari, Bari Boule, maybe Lafreniere. I feel like I'm missing like one guy that I was really in on. Do you have someone mention mention someone? I yeah, I, I mean, I was gonna mention Sprong, of course. Like, I yeah. don't think like I think you know. Um, look, Sprong's gonna be a great play if he gets 15 minutes. So that's you know besides the point. But you're probably you know you you might be better off sort of like mixing him in versus taking a stand on him like I did, um, because admittedly that was definitely top one percent outcomes there. And it was only 20 points. So it's not like, you know, it's going to like break the slate for you or whatever. I was hoping you might get on the, the OV power play spot, which is why I felt okay going all in, but that didn't happen. Uh, Jason Zucker also very much in play, 2,900. I also don't know why I've started saying Zucker. I don't know if the announcers call him Zucker or Zucker. Um, I meant to listen for that on Sunday and I didn't notice. Um, but I, I just I just wanted to mention that because it feels like I just go back and forth every time I say his name. Um, but he's 2,900 playing on the second line for Pittsburgh. That's performing very well as of late. Gets power play time, gets some PK time. He has historically strong shot numbers. So, uh, yeah, uh, let, let's go with, you know, Zucker as well for some cap relief. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think Robinson was the other guy I was thinking of, but he didn't even play power play time. So, like, yeah. probably just not going to chase. Yeah, chase, chase Sprong. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, chase, chase Sprong's yeah, yeah. game there, honestly, because he at least gets second unit time. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but we can move on. We should. We should uh, Grigo, Grigorenko. Who is he playing? Firthland, or did he get up in the top six somewhere? Um, damn, I just had them up. I can pull it back up really I quick. Think he he was scored. Going... Yeah, he scored. He with... Oh yeah, he played with Vasilevich and Line. A, yeah, and then he was on the second unit. Okay. Um, Fourteen yeah. minutes. So, yeah, so. he's he's okay. Um, you could do worse in life. I mean, you could play like yeah. If if you're playing other guys than that, than you know, as we mentioned probably reconsider um, um chairman so, r2 rustalainen i mean are you kidding me he's a, he's a scoring machine yeah i mean you go right on ahead and do that more um, goals than jack heichel and taylor hall and the sabers combined yeah know, i mean like, there's no mckinnon no matthews no mcdavid on the slate so of course it's going to be like 2.5 across the board k you know line winning night because like yeah, i don't know that, that'll just be what happens like r2 and cousins and yeah they're just going to score a billion because you don't need the salary um so at defense the top we have Roman Yossi we have Adam Fox um we have Victor Hadman we have Dougie I mean even Seth Jones has been really good as of late so nice to see a bit of a resurgence from him um what are you doing at the top here uh hell we oh my god we have John Carlson against the freaking Islanders where yeah it's um, you know. obviously uh, I mean I, I don't think you can go wrong with any of them uh, is really the way I'm looking at it uh I'm definitely going to just correlate these defensemen with their stacks. And I'm pretty in on getting some Rangers in a lineup, getting some Tampa in a lineup, getting Carolina, getting Columbus. So, you know, and maybe even, you know, honestly, Philly, like Provorov's right there. Um, he has that double bonus potential that I don't know if he's hit this year. Maybe, maybe he's hit both bonuses, but not at the same time. Um, but if you like that game or maybe if you're like, I'm going to game stack that up a little bit, which I think is very fair to think that that game could go for nine. Um, you know, I think he's really in play in an up-tempo game, which again, like I say, like I think that there's potential for that to end up really being a good game to get a lot of pieces of like, 
both of these teams have really struggled to keep the puck out of their net. Um, so uh, there's really not a bad, like I, I'm, I'm paying up my defense. Like that's the way I'm looking at this slate. Like there's no reason not to, I'm not that enticed by any specific defenseman that's really cheap. Um, a couple guys that I think are somewhat of a value, but no one that I'm forcing or thinking I need to jam for any reason. So um, I'll be having a lot of laughs with multiples up at the yeah. top. Yep. Um, I, I agree there. Um, I, I think if I had to pick one, I'm going with Roman Yossi. Um, he's just, he's, he's been really, uh, really, really solid in both shots and blocks as of late. And I do think getting a piece of him and Tolvin in with the power play uh, could work. You know, Florida's taken a ton of penalties as of late. Um, so I also think that's a very small piece of why I like it, but mostly because, you know, this game's going to have a lot of tempo. And I think um, Romanios will be involved in anything that happens, uh, either, you know, either result. Like Adam Fox, you need the Rangers to score five goals. Like, he's very rarely going to smash a slate and he's very even more rare, uh, unlikely to smash a slate when they only score like three goals or whatever, um, because he's not a guy who does it through blocks and shots. He does it through points and he's very good at that. Um, but it's not as reliable. Like he's more of the stacking option. You know, so you just play as a one-off and you're like, yep, uh, I'm all set. Like I'm good to go. And Victor Hedman, he's cooled off a bit. Um, and then sort of that leaves you with say Dougie, who's, obviously a good play too and Seth Jones but I think Roman Yossi is slightly ahead of those guys for me um going down the board it's been very funny Matt Grizzlick just stopped shooting like I'm pretty sure it was I was like hey guys like look he's shooting he's Tory Krug now and then he was like oh no, no no I'm gonna I'm gonna stop shooting which in all fairness means he's giving the puck to people more likely to score than Matt Grizzlick um but makes him not a DFS relevant play um, Brian Pollock at 4,400 is awfully interesting. I know Noah Dobson's sort of been on the top power play, but again, I don't really consider it a top power play, so to speak. Um, you know, so it's like Ryan Pollock still gets power play minutes. He still gets more five and five minutes and his price to be at 4,400 seems kind of ridiculous if you ask me. Um, but anyone in the mid tier that you are, uh, you know, pick, picking on. Mm, like I said, no. But um, I, I guess, like, if you put a gun to my head and said, like, pick someone, please, like, please, please, DJ, I'm begging you. Oh, sure. count. I mean, Why not? so many minutes and like, it's been hit or miss. But I think if you're trying to get contrarian and you are playing a couple sabers, like it obviously last game might be a little bit of an outlier um, because there were so many power play minutes and they just ran that first unit. Um, but it, if you're kind of thinking like the sabers win this game. Um, you know, they, you know, maybe with a rookie goalie in net in the second game, you know, whatever you want to talk yourself into, um, then you got to think that this first power play gets it done. And if you're getting some value in, you know, in Middlestad or in Cousins or um, really Olafson, even just, just play him, uh, take Darlene. Like I could talk myself into that. Um, the Rangers definitely give it up a bit, a bit against, and that game should be decently up tempo. I'm guessing it's at least a six over under at this point. So mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, you know, getting a little bit cheaper. Um, Bull Butcher, I already mentioned, that that's like one guy that I'm slightly considering. Yandel is another guy that if I do a, a big enough Florida stack, I could talk myself into. Um, you know, he is just your classic six shot on goal and zero shot on goal in the past two games, 21 minutes, 12 minutes, like just the, the pendulum of Keith Yandel um, experience yes. that 
but again, if you're betting on Keith Yandel, you're betting on that power play. So you might as well just play freaking Bennett Barkoff Yandel and just like go for it. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yep. Other than that, um, like, I, I don't see a single punt that I'm like, oh yeah, like that's the guy, like that's the sure. guy that fits the lineup. So no thanks. Yep. Um, I pretty much agree with that. There's one uh, one spot to keep an eye on in Dallas because Klingberg uh, missed on Monday. And of course that helps Heisken. And, you know, we talked about the mid tier and, you know, stack up on Dallas if you want for sure. But as far as what it does to the rest of that lineup, it gives us a, definitely an upgrade to Sammy Vatman. Um, I'll actually check to see if he did get any power play time last time out. It only went to Heisken and, and Lindell though. So um, we actually do have that available and we only saw one power play unit because of course Pavelski scored on it. Um, but Vatnin did play 19 minutes in this one. So they went, um, they actually played Pezik as a forward. And I guess for whatever reason, last time they did not because that only played like 12 minutes. Um, but Sammy Vatnin super cheap. We know he's a guy who, when he gets the minutes, he'll take some shots. He might even block a couple, but frankly, he's just too cheap. We know he's a good defenseman. So you can go there. Uh, Matheson and Cody Cece feel like two guys who are the exact sort of like plug your nose and just play a couple guys who see a lot of ice time. I lean toward Matheson because of the power play time, but Cody CC is then actually I'm not even Cody CC should gotten a ton of points lately for some reason. Um, Mike Matheson's actually a good play though. So I would go with Matheson. I would feel okay with that. Um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, defense is, relatively simple on this slate there's not like a screaming value like there is Bari Boulay um so I think that you can just sort of correlate you can just take high floor pieces you can do basically whatever you want and feel okay with it so um we gave a couple names to consider oh Adam Bofis 2.6 Let, let's just throw him in the mix he actually took shots last time out so we like to see that he's still playing on the top power play until further notice so kind of obnoxious <laughs> just ridiculous that he's still so low low priced um and he's gonna make me keep playing him and just do nothing who was that Bokefest? yeah okay <laughs> i like how you weren't even listening and you knew that the guy i was I, talking I, about I who was didn't listening, do anything I, like, no, it, it's yeah. fine but it's something we talk about every week that like he's not doing anything but he will start maybe so yeah anyway um on on another note um goalies boy oof. Goalies. Goalies. you're gonna play goalies. one um at upper price like i don't know if there's any one that I like like an extreme amount. Um, a lot of road goalies at the top. Uh, I'm not yeah. paying up for Tampa. I'm probably not paying up for Shesterkin, even though I'm, I'm okay with it. I don't know if Buffalo's going to have quite the number of shots you're going to need there. Um, so, you know, really, I think that the first goalie I'm like considering um, is probably like a Jari or DeSmith. I think that Boston should have the shots there. So if you'd like that game to go under on at home, 7,800. I think that's fair. Um, other than that, like I'm probably going to end up punting with maybe one of the Dallas goalies, just hoping that Carolina doesn't get there. Um, that's kind of where I'm at, at like an initial note right now. Is there anything you're thinking of? I mean, I'm looking and yeah. you can probably talk me into some, um, probably talk Bernier, me into 50 save. <laughs> yeah. You could honestly probably talk me into either Brian Elliott or, Mackenzie Blackwood or whoever starts for New Jersey. Like, I feel like that game could be the one that you're thinking. Um, I, I couldn't know for sure, but did, did Jonathan Bernier score the highest DFS game with a loss in that? Got to be up there. Oh, Corpus Allo. 
There's no um, way to talk Corsalo against Tampa. In the playoffs, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he also got the overtime loss bonus, which I, I actually caught Corby would have too because it was last year where I think that yeah. was implemented. Yeah, it was last um, year. Yeah. So, yeah, no, interesting food for thought there. Um, yeah. Like, he had 33 points. He beat Carolina um, on the 12th with 37 saves and got less points. <laughs> Like oh, yeah. that, like, you know what I mean? Like, what, like, unreal, right? Like, like, how do you? So, like, if you think, like, like I think, like, I, I do believe Columbus will have a good amount of shots on net. It's not your worst idea if they play him. Like, I, but I think he's a substantial upgrade over Grace at this point. Like, Grace is dust, but I don't know. Um, no. anyways, so we could we can move on. Um, top stacks of the night. Do you want to start it off? Yeah. So, um, for my favorite stack of the night, I am going to go on the uh i'm going to go on the carolina side of this game between carolina and dallas i'm going to take the line of nature's trocheck and you know niederreiter um, of course i like aho and svechnikov but i do find it a little bit tough when we don't really know who their constant line mate is um so we saw obviously everyone get a lot of minutes there with only 11 forwards but hopefully do that again because nature's niederreiter and trocheck led the team all played 22 or more minutes like um that sort of concentration you love to see like max mccormick did score a goal but he only played seven minutes as the 11th forward so like there's just a lot of ice time to go around and i think nature's need writer trocheck are just way too cheap for um you know their upside is a stack all right um <clears throat> i'll go with uh that Philly stack I talked about a lot, um, Katerie, Giroux, and, and Profroff. It, it maybe is minorly point, point chasey. Um, I think that you could maybe get away with like a, a Fairby Konechny Profroff or something um, if you want to get a little bit different with it and still get like some pretty decent upside. Uh, but I think either of those two for Philly are, are what I'm going to look around. Um, it's a it's a decent little savings on Konechny and Fairby, and and I think somewhat of a similar role, but. Um, I need to see what their power play lines are first because it was kind of a mess last game, as I mentioned. So, um, yeah, that's that's that. All right, and uh, for number two, I'm going to get mega points, Chasey. <clears throat> well, let's run it back because that's off Daniel Sprong, Tom Wilson. Um, we have the clarity now that Tom Wilson's on the top power play. Look, it's uh, the Islanders. Yes, they've been keeping pucks out of their net. Obviously, before that last game, uh, they were doing okay with it. But their expected goals numbers underlying are really, really bad. And Washington against them has actually had some fairly good luck. Um, also, what I like about it is the Islanders have also had really, really strong expected goals results against Washington. Um, so I know they played a one nothing game like last week, and it was kind of dreadful. But it seems like looking at the numbers, there were a decent amount of chances. Um, so I'm taking my chances here and just following up on Kuznetsov and Sprong, who had monster games, and then Tom Wilson with them, who we saw get the upgrade to the top power play unit. He's super cheap, um, and, you know, he didn't have a great game, but 10 is fine when your line mates are going for uh, 40 combined. So uh, give me that Washington stack as, like, my sneaky, uh, you know, pivot off of the Barry Boulay Tampa chalk. All right. I mean, a stack that I'm most certainly going to have, and I think it's it, it's a really nice savings. Um, Roslovich, Dirk Strands, um, Seth Jones, like that. That is, I I don't know how chalky it'll get. I don't even know if it'll be very chalky at all. Yeah, I don't think it will be. Um, but I really do think that like 
the Bjorkstrand Jones, even if you want to leave Roslovic out of it, just because 4,900 is a little steep for a guy with a pretty low um, floor with his shot totals. Like you're really betting on him getting multiple assists. It, it's okay to just two man that up. Um, but I really think that like Bjorkstrand has the hat trick upside here. Like I'm not saying he's going to do it, but he has that every night and at 5,500 against Detroit. Like I say he up. does it. I think he does it. <laughs> Run it back. Is he All a right. hat trick this year? Oh, uh, guarantee goals. Um, I will lead it off. Uh, I will go with one of my favorites here in the mid tier. I took a couple in my stacks or whatever, but um, give me some Ely Tolvanen guarantee goal action 4,500. That is a spicy meatball. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm a mid tier God tonight. Um, we're, we're keeping it mid tier for sure. We're, we're kicking it. Um, Jackson Hughes, part of the Jackson five, Jack Hughes. He's, he's, he's nine one. He's 5,500 right in the middle. Just smack dab. Don't oh, have yeah. to do a lot of math. I was about to do the math. Like, oh, 11 K minus 50. Like, wait, that is, that is the middle. That is the median. All right. Um, so let's do a, oh, what do I have? I did my math wrong. I have 6,500, not 7,500. Um, Samson keeps it going. 6K. He scores again. <laughs> yeah. he, I mean, what's yeah. funny is, I did 5,500 Hughes, and you know I was 5,500 off your Bergstrand, and I can't. <laughs> and oh, then yeah. I was like, oh, Spestik. Oh, wait, you did Spestik off. Yeah. So we're uh, really cut me at yeah, – Dry Settle scored cut. on this slate. So Samson needs two to tie Leon, but I say he does it. I think <laughs> – all right, fine. Fair enough. Um, all right. I'll, I'll go with Vetrano. I mean – Frankie V. Frankie V, you know, goes for a dud. He's He's like – just bounce it back with a six shot on goal. goal I mean, game. that is the quintessential like Panther game at this point. Yeah. Like it's like, just Frankie Vitano is like every other game and Tippett's every four or five. So like <laughs> if we're just playing the numbers. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's, uh, let's get on out of here. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at one escape pod, uh, subscribe, whatever. If you haven't already, if you want to hear more, we obviously do these pretty regularly. So you're going to want to subscribe and stay tuned. Uh, join the Discord, DM us at One Escape Pod as well. It's a very good time. Um, and yeah, that, that's that's all I have here. DJ, anything before we go? Nope. Have fun. Win money. Right. Tweet it at us. That's it. Perfect. So for Doug, from DJ, for myself, have a good sleep, everybody, and we will see you.